0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our host for this podcast, Miss Mirna Fe Aksaulyo.
1: Welcome to the Grit, Glory, and Gratitude Podcast. This podcast is designed for survivors and champions. I'm Mirna Faye Saouye, and I'm here to help you become a master of true grit. Every Wednesday, you'll get new insights and inspiration from my solo episodes and my guest interviewees, local and international. We'll be providing you tips on how to rekindle your passion, perseverance, resilience, initiative and courage, regardless of your situations and circumstances in life. After each episode, we could continue our sharing and conversations in Great Glory and Gratitude Facebook group, and I'm hoping to see you all out there in our inclusive Community. life is a continuous journey you are the captain of your own ship hey hello everyone I'm back again with my podcast great glory and gratitude and today we have a guest all the way from New Jersey he's actually a brain surge survivor and uh, he's been into sales since 1984 and a public speaker since 1988 so stick around until the end of this episode so that you get to know more about him everyone Let's welcome Francisco Acosta.
0: Hello, thank you, Myrna. I appreciate being here.
1: Yeah, so, how have you been during this pandemic? Uh,
0: I've been fine, luckily. I was used to working at home because I was in sales for 36 years. Mm -hmm and you know working at home was very common for me and i luckily did not have to make any major adjustments besides you know being conscious of wearing a mask and touching surfaces and social distancing and that kind of thing but there are a lot of people that had a very very hard time with this i am very lucky that i had a a fairly easy time of it
1: So right now, how's the situation
0: there? Well, it's hard to say. The numbers are coming down, but we've seen the numbers come down twice before. And you know, people are reckless and they refuse to follow along with the recommendations and and help everybody out. And so, you know, once they see a little glimmer of hope, then they decide it's over and they start getting together again, and then the numbers go back up. So it's hard to say exactly where we are in this situation
1: right the same situation here So uh, just like a cycle it closes and then when you open the search the cases surges and they're close again you know the cycle yeah i don't know where we're going to with this but yeah we have to go on <laughs> yeah it, we have to coexist right
0: right
1: all right so moving on would you like to talk about how you were able to survive a fatal tumor during your brain surgery
0: last 2012 yeah uh well so in 2012 i had moved down to tampa florida to help my mother out with her health issues and uh, she was uh, 79 at the time when i moved down there and when i got there i hadn't been feeling well for a long time but like a typical guy, I didn't do anything about it. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure this out. I'll, I'll just get through it, whatever. And um, just you know, by coincidence, I made two appointments. Uh, one was a doctor appointment, uh, just to see if I could look into what was going on with me. And the other was an eye exam just because it was time for new glasses. And when I went to the doctor, uh, the doctor actually wasn't in that day. it was his RN, registered nurse, and um, she didn't know what was going on. She didn't have the training to understand that, you know, the smart thing to do after I described my symptoms was to get tests done and that kind of thing. She, she just didn't do it. She said, you know, we can't help you. And so just by coincidence, I had an eye exam scheduled for a couple of weeks later. And, uh, and I went to an ophthalmologist, not a regular optometrist. So th- this was a specialist mm. and he did a battery of tests. Actually, his nurses did a battery of tests on me. And, um, the way I met him was after the nurses finished all the tests, he walked into the room, said, I'm Dr. So and so and you have a potentially fatal oh my brain swelling and you should go to the emergency room right now. That's, that's, it was his introduction to me. And so I, I did that, um, you know, because when someone says potentially fatal brain swelling, that gets your attention, right? Yeah. So I went directly uh, to the emergency room. Uh, my mother was with me because uh, we knew that my eyes were going to get dilated, for, you know, for that exam. And she was still driving at the time. And she was going to drive us home, but instead she drove us to the hospital. And it, it was a, a, a very fast paced set of things that happened after that but that quiet time that i had heading to the hospital it was about 15 minutes i think i got comfortable with the idea that i might die um and i said to my mother you know if i die it's okay because i've had an amazing life which i believe is true i I did have an amazing life and i still have an amazing life and i wrote an email to my ex-wife Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then went to the hospital. They did all the tests on a Monday. On a Tuesday, they did uh, the, the first surgery, which was to cut off blood flow to the brain tumor, and, and it was located between my skull and my brain, right? And so first they cut the blood flow off, and then the next day they did the major surgery, which was to open up my skull and, and take the tumor out. And uh, the reason why I mentioned the email to my ex-wife is because when she read the email she got on a plane and she was there uh, the, the day of the surgery so I had a lot of support but recovery was very difficult uh, in the beginning um, but luckily it all went well you know it was a, it was a very difficult uh, time it's the hardest time I ever had in my life of overcoming anything and um, you know luckily it, it worked out but a lot of things could have gone wrong they, they told me all the things that could happen with this kind of surgery loss of motor control loss loss of speech function mm-hmm. hearing vision all sorts of thing could uh, things could have happened uh, and they didn't so i'm very grateful for that
1: yeah but I must have been a purpose by whoever is up there uh, to survive but how come that you had a fatal tumor and you didn't know anything about it like
0: Yeah, it's not that i didn't know anything i was i just as i mentioned i did the typical guy thing and i just ignored it Mm -hmm. um i had symptoms um which is why when i went to florida i decided okay i gotta i gotta check this out because it's things are getting bad now my vision was being affected i was getting headaches and Mm -hmm. i'm i generally don't get headaches at all so the fact that i was getting headaches concerned me and uh By the time I got to Florida, my vision was affected very badly. I would get tunnel vision where suddenly everything shrunk down to a little hole where, where I could see. So I could barely see anything. Uh, so I knew that that was going to affect me with driving. And, you know, I was, I, you know, it became a real problem. So I finally made the doctor appointment. Uh, but I had, I had no idea that it was going to be the vision appointment that saved my life rather than the doctor appointment.
1: But how many um, years, or, or months, did you feel those symptoms before you decided
0: to I would say that I, I felt yeah. them for about two years. First, they were mild, uh, and they told me that this type of tumor, because of the size that it was, uh, had probably been growing for about 10 years. Oh my. Uh, but, you know, when in the beginning, it's too small to feel anything. But okay. it was really the last two years that I felt symptoms. Uh, you know, like I said, at first they were kind of mild, it, it, it didn't bother me too much. But by the time I made the doctor appointment, the, the symptoms have, had gotten pretty bad.
1: I understand. Yeah. How long was your recovery process back then?
0: Well, that, that was actually pretty interesting. Um, they originally told me that I was going to be in the hospital for two or three weeks mm-hmm. and I walked out five days after the surgery. Um, I think there's there's a, there could be a lot of reasons for that. I think a big reason for that is that I was actually very healthy in all other areas. My blood pressure was always perfect. You know, I was strong. I was in pretty decent shape. And also I've been a vegetarian since 1987. So... Decades of of being a vegetarian. I think my body was in and I can't prove that but I I can only imagine that that's true Because again these people told me two or three weeks. I was out in five days, right? Right.
1: Those could have been additional factors to your fast recovery
0: and the After I was released the first two weeks were very very difficult. I was actually rushed to the hospital three more times Um, After that, because of issues with the medication that they gave me, I had a very adverse reaction to that. Um, And then in the second week, my kidneys were having problems. But after that initial time, which was basically uh, all total of three weeks, I was okay. You know it, it took time to get my strength back and uh, I was cleared to start exercising so this was March 2012 and I was cleared uh, for uh, exercising I'm sorry it was it was April April 23rd March is when I moved down there April 23rd is what was the surgery so in January of 2013 I was able to start working out again uh, so you know it, it was a slow build but Luckily I was able to, you know, be out of work and I was able to focus, you know, on everything that I had to do to get myself strong and healthy and and I was able to do it. And, uh, you know, I started going to the gym right away, started lifting weights, uh, became a power lifter, got to the point where I could squat 500 pounds, which is actually a pretty big deal. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so my recovery was complete. I didn't have any issues from it. Uh, my head is slightly asymmetrical now because of of the chunk that they took oh, out of it, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it barely show shows. It and my my uh, scar, even though it's a big scar, it's very minimal now. Um, So yeah, you know, luckily that that part uh, didn't affect me either. So um, as far as recovery goes, it wasn't like that situation where I had to relearn all these different things or go through physical therapy. I had zero physical therapy. Um, Physical therapy therapist visited me in the hospital on I think it was on the Friday and uh, she said yeah I there's nothing for me to do you're fine
1: that was really amazing but you know what I was actually wondering how you were able to manage your mental health despite all the struggles that you've been through in the past
0: well I'll, I'll answer that out of order I did not feel depressed the only sadness I felt was in the car ride to the hospital and I never had a negative moment after that. And and my sadness was just like, oh, wow, I, I think I'm going to die. And I love life. And I'm sad that it's over. I was 47 years old. It was about three weeks before my 48th birthday. You know, I thought my life was over. And um, so, the, you know, I felt sadness about that. But then, like I said, my the way I wrapped it up in my head is that, you know what? It's okay. I've had an amazing life. So it's okay if I die now. And so once I got to the hospital, everything became about what do I do next? You know, I just I just went moment by moment. Okay, we first we walk into the hospital. Then we walk to the desk. Then we explain what I was just told about a potential brain swelling. Then they say, okay, go there. Then I went there. Then they said, okay, let's do this test. And I did that test. Then let's do another test. And I did the other test, you know, so it was just, what was next what was that's all i was focused on was what was next and i remember when i was being wheeled to surgery you know you're on your back and you're looking at the lights over your head and i and i thought to myself okay this could be the last thing i ever see before i die and i was okay i wasn't scared i wasn't sad it was just a matter of fact like my life could be about to end And then when I woke up, and it was about a six and a half hour surgery, um, and then I went back to, okay, what's next, you know, uh, am am I hungry, okay, I'll eat something, am I thirsty, I'll drink something, you know, they're taking blood now, okay, this is next, They, they want me to stand up, okay, this is next, like it was just literally i just went from one moment to the next whatever they told me was next that's what i did and it, it kept my mind very clarified i was joking with people as a matter of fact when i posted about it on facebook i made a joke at it um <laughs> because that's how i live my life i think i think everything is funny or at least potentially funny and i make fun of myself all the time so i wasn't going to suddenly become a different person uh, just because suddenly now my life was on the line i was going to act like i would always act And um, I I basically just kept a positive attitude because it was like, okay, I woke up. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I have a second shot at this. And so let's just go from there. And I really just sat around thinking about you know what especially while I was in the hospital because I barely slept you know you you think that you can rest at a hospital but it's nearly impossible yeah. um, and I remember spending all my time just thinking about you know what changes do I want to make and it, it just came down to one because I just you know I didn't want to be that guy that was like oh I'm gonna change my whole life and all this other stuff because people generally don't do that right so I just thought to myself all right what do I want to do what's the most important thing for me to focus on and at that time anger was a big issue for me and it wasn't like I was an angry guy outwardly I just carried a lot of anger internally and uh, so I I addressed that um, and now I'm just a very relaxed easygoing person I'm happy most of the time my fun comes from the beautiful people that I have in my life Uh, my ex-wife and I are still friends we communicate regularly she actually did a podcast with me and so you know I just sit around talking and having fun and you know paying my bills and going about my life like everybody else and just and I realized that you know it's uh, life is too short to be stressed out
1: I definitely agree
0: you know and and I also realize that a lot of people have it a lot worse than I do you know I sleep indoors I eat every day uh, I have fresh water whenever I want it and I'm never more than five minutes away from food you know and, and I have wonderful people in my life that have helped me through every bad period in my life
1: yeah that's very important you are truly blessed to have them around you
0: So I just, I can't complain about anything.
1: So how do you manifest gratitude in your daily life?
0: It's funny, I I have a list that I read every day. I read when I first wake up and right before I go to sleep, it's my gratitude list. I don't always literally read it, but I have it as a recurring uh, task that pops up every day. And sometimes I just look at, you know, daily gratitude and I think about it but really uh, I would say I'm grateful for my health I just had a doctor exam about a month ago they did all sorts of blood tests they they checked my heart he said I have no plaque buildup anywhere which is unusual for my age at 57 and he said you know I was strong all my numbers are good and that's good I, and I feel strong I feel good so I, I'm very very grateful for that uh, secondarily I would say I'm grateful for the people in my life um, I have a phenomenal relationship with my son, uh, who's 36. I have uh, a phenomenal, my ex-wife, and I, um, she's truly one of my best friends. Hi, Janine. <laughs> I know she's gonna watch this, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say the other thing is just life. I'm grateful for life. Just being able to to live and enjoy and you know, feel all of the emotions from you know from happiness to sadness to everything in between. And it really is a gift to me. You know, one time I, I tried to do the math, I couldn't figure it out. Um, but I tried to do the math on the statistical probability of a human life and it's extremely uh, improbable when you think of the 200 million to 1 billion eggs that are trying to uh, I'm sorry to uh, sperm no. that are trying to reach the egg right if you think about that you think about the fact that a woman can only get pregnant like once one or two days a month The statistics against your birth are extraordinary so just being here just being alive is a pretty amazing thing
1: i definitely agree
0: and so i don't take that for granted uh that's why i have the gratitude list to remind me every day that you know this is a beautiful thing that i get to experience and you know i have worked very very hard since 1987 on self-development and i've worked very hard to surround myself with beautiful caring loving people who will support me under any circumstances and they've proven that that's not just rhetoric it's not just something i'm saying these people have proven themselves over a 30 plus year period to be in my corner and when things go wrong they're going to take care of me and that's you know that's priceless it's priceless
1: well lucky you because you know not everyone can have that kind of support from the circle of friends or even their own relatives that's one of a kind when you have that around you all right moving forward what do you consider your greatest accomplishment so far
0: my greatest achievement is my son he is someone that i'm very proud of it's easy for parents to say they love their children i I think it's you know like so what every every parent loves their child so what but i actually like my son and uh, you know we have a phenomenal relationship Uh, we have very long conversations very often um, you know, we he's one of the funniest people that I know. He makes me laugh all the time. I just love that I participated in bringing this human being into the world, you know? And uh, so, yeah, he's, he's my greatest achievement.
1: Wow, listening to that, I'm sure your son would definitely be overwhelmed. So, on the contrary, what would you consider the lowest point of your life? Is it that health issue?
0: Uh, I would say in the context of health, yes. That's definitely the low point in my life. I have had more emotional pain uh, in my life when I was a young man. My late teens and early 20s were a very difficult time for me. And uh, so I experienced a lot of emotional pain. Uh, I would say there were other... uh well i can generalize about them there was a time when my life was kind of spinning out of control i was i I was really lazy i was unambitious i uh i was a liar and it all came kind of uh crashing in all at once when i was 23 and that was 1987 when i started to get into self-development and so i would say in the overall sense of my life that was the lowest point of my life and the brain tumor was the lowest uh, uh, point of health in my life.
1: Right. And with all those adversities in life that you were able to surpass, do you have a philosophy that you live by that keeps you standing strong after all those years that you've been through? Or should I say, what keeps you standing up every time you are put to a test, like, trials and tribulations
0: yeah um you know the old saying that no man is an island is very true in my case um if it were not for the people around me um i i would i would probably have been dead a long time ago and uh i i credit uh the the wonderful people in my life uh with with supporting me through the hardest parts of my life you know, and and when I need them, they're always there. Uh, luckily, it's been a long time since I really needed people on that kind of level. Um, but, you know, in, in my 20s and 30s, when my life was very, very crazy, um, they, they were there. And, and I would say things calmed down like in my early 30s. Um, so I've, you know, I've been feeling good for a long time.
1: Yeah, so far so good on your side then that's great so moving forward what are your thoughts about failure and success You know.
0: well it, it really depends on how you define failure right so uh, it's funny that uh in society we are told that you learn more from failure than you do from success right that's a in america that's a common idea
1: yeah i'm aware of that and
0: yet whenever we interview people, we only interview the people who succeeded.
1: Right. That's why I have this podcast because I don't really focus on the success of different people, but also more on the struggles and the failures that all those people from different walks of life were able to surpass.
0: Right. So that doesn't really make sense. Why not interview the people that failed as well right. to, to learn from them. Exactly. So, Failure is only failure, I believe, if you don't learn anything and you don't adjust. You know, um, I, I forget who said it. It might have been Colin Powell who said, you know, failure is just an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. I agree on that. And that's how I see it. So I, I, the only time I have ever failed in my life is when I've quit. And it's been a long time since I've done that. Normally, I just, you know, I keep going. Like Like in the case of podcasts. I decided at uh, my podcast, this is one of them, the, the Chocolate Chat podcast, and the other one is the Persistent Rumor, that's my main podcast with my partner, and I just decided that I'm going to do it for the rest of my life, and it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if I get sponsors, if I get listeners, if I get anything, None of the, if I never make a dime from that podcast, it doesn't matter, right, because I love doing the podcast. My friend and I both love doing it um he's my best friend uh we we talk all the time anyway and now once in a while when we talk we film it and make it a podcast okay. and so there is no failure because i'm gonna do it anyway
1: uh-huh. yeah I, we have the same perception Because <coughs> i also think that it's only when you stop trying that you become a right. failure
0: yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. I, I think it's it's just if you if you just uh, do the best that you can, and constantly try to improve. You know, everybody has different levels of skill, right? So, not everybody is going to be the best at everything. There's there's actually there's one best. And then there's a long list of people that are not the best, right? Yeah. So it's the only thing I can do instead of comparing myself to someone else is just compare myself to me. Am I doing the best that I can do? A- am I putting in the effort that I can put in? You know, like putting together a podcast is a lot of work. And you know, there's the there's the editing, there's the audio editing, you know, video editing, there's yeah. the graphics, uh, there's the sound, uh, you know, the the equipment, the cameras, all that all that stuff. And you know, once you you know, you might sit down to film for 45 minutes or an hour, and then it takes eight to 12 hours of more work to get that ready, uh, to to be fully produced and 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 you know and post.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually thought I was ready for this, but I didn't know. My God, there was so much to do, especially the audio editing. It really takes a lot of time before it's going to be published because, you know, you still have to prepare the show notes and the description before it's going to be published on the host and across all those platforms or directories. Yeah, I'm just so thankful that I have some few people from the Impact Podcasters, the podcast agency that Manages my podcast and at least I'm focused more on the audio recording zoom Scheduling looking for guests um, You know engagement with my guests and all that Because I, I prefer to be hands-on on the area of audio editing and choosing my guests You know, I really am very specific with regards to choosing my guests. So more or less uh, almost a little bit toxic but still toxic you know
0: (laughs) and you know if you don't have passion if you're if you're if you're not into it it you're never gonna do all that work you know but i love it i truly love it and i'm gonna do it no matter what happens you know i i hope to get an audience i hope to make money at it that would be great but if it doesn't happen i'm still doing it
1: i'm truly inspired for a newbie like me (laughs)
0: Cause this was
1: just, you know, born out from my recuperation period because I just had my surgery last May, spinal decompression surgery, because mm. I have a oh, wow. spinal cord condition that will last me a lot of time. But at least the reason mm. of me not being able to move from waist to down is already removed part of my disc in the lumbar area. Yeah, so now I have this podcast and I'm so excited and I'm truly inspired by what you're sharing to me right now. Because that's also the same thing I was thinking when I started this out. I said, oh, I, even if I don't make money out from it, I would just like to, you know, just spread the word out there and let them see a flicker of hope despite all the circumstances that they're going through right now. So just that's what yeah, I want I'm, you to I, do. I agree. Yeah, that's why I also want to ask you, uh, uh, what tips would you like to live to them?
0: I would say just focus on whatever brings you the most joy in life and pursue it with passion. And, um, you know, as long as what you're doing doesn't hurt anybody for you to be successful at it, then it's fine. It's a good thing. And it doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. You know, uh, at one point people said that cars were stupid because we had horses. At one point people said lights were stupid because we had candles. So it it doesn't matter what other people think about what you're doing. You know, I'm sure that there are people that know me that would think, why is he wasting his time on a podcast? And that's fine for them to think that I don't care. You know, I'm just going to do what I I do because it's my passion and I love it, you know. And uh, I would say just move toward the joy in your life. You know, part of what I do in my podcast, uh, because I'm also a coach, is that I try to give people different perspectives for how to be happy in life, how to overcome the very kinds of situations that you and I are talking about. You know, and because, you know, people have gone through difficult things. They were they were either poor or beaten as children or raped or in car accidents or whatever it was. You know, people have a hard time of things sometimes. And that doesn't have to be your whole story, you know. And the one thing that I did not do when I was faced with the prospect of, of dying from a brain tumor is say, why me? Oh no! Why me? I didn't do that. I just because the answer to that is why not you? You're a human being, <laughs> right. and and you know you, you this is what happens to human beings, you know. Um, and and the same week that I was in the hospital, a very famous entertainer named Adam York from the Beastie Boys, uh, died of of a brain tumor, you know. And that guy was rich and famous and beloved. And, you know, he died and I survived. And that's just the way things work. There's no rhyme or reason to this thing. You know, nobody knows why we're here, where we're going, uh, or any of that stuff. But I just know that I'm here now, and I'm doing the best that I can, and I'm enjoying life to the fullest. And I'm very, very grateful for all of it.
1: That was truly inspiring thank you now before we wrap up the show i'd like you to have the floor now and uh, promote your own products or shows
0: sure the the persistent rumor um you can find it uh everywhere uh, facebook.com slash the persistent rumor youtube.com slash the persistent rumor Our website is ThePersistentRumor.com. So wherever you listen to podcasts or watch podcasts, I am there. (laughs) I'm on dozens of different platforms, so you can easily find us. Um, And, you know, we have, uh, I think, uh, over 50 videos that we've done already. Um, You know, the Chocolate Chat is is my video, my podcast that I do like this, where I interview people as well. Um, And... Uh, you know, again, uh, we talk about all sorts of things on there, uh, news of the day, politics, religion, money, society, uh, men and women, uh, all like any topic that you're not supposed to talk about, we talk about it. So we and have a lot of fun doing the it. So the, rumor. the persistent rumor, yeah, it was named after, um, a phrase that I use very often. And the first time I used it had to do with death. I said, I'm not convinced that I'm going to die. It's just a persistent rumor. Oh. And uh, when when my buddy and I were, were uh, deciding to launch the podcast last year, uh, we were on the phone, and I was like, what should we call this thing? And immediately he said the persistent rumor, because you say it all the time. And I was like, wow, why didn't I think of that? that's
1: so cute. <laughs> it's so <laughs> unique, actually. Yeah. I like the, yeah. like the idea. And the niche is quite broad, but the title... Gives you out that curious thinking. Yeah. What's this this all about? Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, thank you very much for being with us today, Francisco. And uh, I hope that uh, you're going to be able to reach out and just inspire a lot more people with your story.
0: I hope so too, Myrna. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it.
1: If yeah. you have to follow me on bye Spotify bye. or any other platforms where you listen to your favorite podcast, just search for Great Glory and Gratitude, kindly give a rating and leave a review, and you may also send a voice message or email if you have any questions related to the podcast through the following channels on IG, that is at Miss That's g on my FB page, TikTok and Twitter, that is at Miss Fey. You may also contact me through my email, that is Gratitude at gmail.com. We'll soon be uploading the video podcast of my episodes as well on my YouTube channel that is at mirnafe 3 g Podcaster. and guys if you want to launch your podcast or personal brands online you may contact our podcast management and marketing agency through ig f page and tiktok that is at impact podcasters why not guys because all those links will be written in the episode description thank you so much for listening once again this is your host mirina fe rekindling your true grit